0: Today, I'll be speaking with freelance writer and coach, Colleen Welsh, about her experience of getting into copywriting and how you can too. But first, let's jump into my personal update. So it's almost December, and we've just had our first significant snow here in Down East Maine. It definitely feels more like winter now, and I kind of love it. Having four seasons is one of the reasons that we really moved here to Maine. You really appreciate each season when it arrives, and are more ready for the next season about halfway through the current one. On the writing front, I'm almost finished with NaNoWriMo, and I have about 8,000 more words to knock out before I hit the 50,000 word goal. So the book won't actually be finished, but I'll have written 50,000 words in November, and that was my goal all along, so I'll be pretty happy when I finally get there. And that means I'll have knocked out a significant chunk of book 4 in the Artemis Necklace series. And I also took the time to figure out how to create an NFT or non-fungible token on crypto.com. And I was able to create or mint my own NFT. It's really just a PNG uh, that I created of my dog, Tox, while he's giving his very sad face to the camera, but basically minting it as an NFT gives that image a sort of certificate of authenticity. So basically if I sell it, the buyer will know that it's a -a one-of-a-kind piece that they will have the sole rights to. However, if they resell it, I then still get a percentage of what they resell it for. So it's kind of a cool thing. I, I really find all of that digital tech stuff super fascinating, and I really do think that it is the direction that things are going to go. While I know that there are some environmental concerns, because in the past it has taken a lot of energy to create and sell NFTs since it uses blockchain technology, but many of those concerns are becoming moot as the technology changes to use less or no energy. One of the things that I'm hoping to do down the road is to actually create character art for my Artemis necklace series and other series I create in the future. And then sell a set of character art and the books as one NFT set. We'll see though. I still have yet to get my audiobooks out, so one thing at a time. Something else that I've been mulling over and I've decided to move forward with is to actually make some changes to this podcast. But don't worry, I still will have interviews with amazing women, and I plan to keep the same setup of staggering interviews with solo shows. But I would like to focus this podcast more on women going after their career goals rather than simply goals in general. But keep in mind that career goals include starting a business or being a freelancer. So really, the content really won't change that much here. If you've listened to most of the episodes, you'll know that this show is pretty much already focused on that. So really, not much will be changing but the tagline and possibly the logo. I'll still have the same overall show name though. The reason that I'm doing this is to kind of make my life a little bit easier honestly by consolidating some of the marketing for this show and my career coaching business, Evergrowth Coach. And don't worry, I promise that this show won't turn into a constant promotion tool for my career services. See, my goal is to be able to use my Go Find Out podcast, Twitter and Instagram to also provide career coaching advice to women. So I hope you'll stick with me during this transition and let me know what you think of any changes that you notice. I'll talk more about this shift in the next solo episode, but for now, let's jump into the interview with Colleen. Today, I'm speaking with freelance copywriter, blogger, and coach Colleen Welsh about her journey to making a living as a freelance copywriter. I learned of Colleen through her TikTok videos, where she provides very realistic advice on how to become a freelance writer. I honestly, I really loved how transparent her TikTok and YouTube videos are, like about the realities of being a freelance writer, and I am just so stoked to have her on. So welcome to the show, Colleen.
1: Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm, of course, really excited to dive into, you know, talking about freelance writing. But first, had you kind of always wanted to be a writer, or was this something that you sort of found later in life?
1: Honestly, I always loved writing. I have been keeping a diary since 1997. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, when I was eight years old. I really loved the movie Harriet the Spy. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah. I really wanted to be Harriet the Spy. And if you haven't seen the movie, she carries around a notebook all the time and she spies on her neighbors and writes everything down. And that was basically me as a child, just like hiding in people's bushes and like observing them. That's Um, awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And as I got older, the journaling really became a way for me to express my feelings when maybe I wasn't always comfortable expressing them out loud. Mm -hmm. And then as I grew up even more, I began to get interested in the blogging world. So I started my... First blog in 2009. Oh, okay. I've always loved computers and technology, so it was a good combination of interests for me. So I started Mm. a fashion blog in college, and then um, over time, just kind of leveraged that into a freelance copywriting career. Nice. But to answer your question, I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up, because my ideal job didn't exist yet. Mm. so it is something I found later in life as this role became something that actually existed,
0: yeah. And so, like in college, did I'm assuming you didn't study, you know, writing or English or anything like that?
1: Well, I did study English literature. I got a degree in anthropology and a degree in English literature, but um, oh, nice. my degree wasn't really focused on writing. It was more focused on 19th century British literature. So read a lot of (laughs) Charles Dickens (laughs) books.
0: Totally applicable to copywriting. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. So we talked a little bit about um, how you kind of eventually landed on copywriting, but what kind of drew you specifically to like sticking with copywriting? Like what makes you like it?
1: Well, I find marketing to be fascinating. I love how it's a combination of creativity and numbers but also people, like the understanding people. Obviously, I studied anthropology in college, so I'm really interested in like different, um, like just learning about different communities. So copywriting is a really interesting combination of all that because it allows you to use both sides of your brain. You have to be creative to write taglines, but you also need to have analytical skills to see what's working and what's not. Hmm. And I just think that's such a fun challenge.
0: And so one of the things that you actually mention in your YouTube videos, because I totally stalked you on YouTube, um, is that you yeah. failed twice before you began to make a steadier living from freelance writing. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So the reason why I wanted to be a freelancer was because I absolutely hated working in a traditional nine to five mm. environment.
0: Mm -hmm. I
1: have insomnia and it's just really, it's really hard for me to be somewhere in the morning, Mm -hmm. honestly. And I also just wasn't motivated by the, just the environment. Like if you work really hard, or if you work very little, you get paid the same amount. So like, why bother to try? (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't like a good incentive system for me. Mm -hmm. So I knew for a long time that I wanted to be a freelancer, but um, I did fail twice before I made it happen on the third try. And the first time happened in, oh my gosh, what year was this? 2015 when I left my first like corporate job and I drove to LA and I was like, I'm going to start a new life here. And I had only saved $3,000. And I just thought that would be enough. Mm-hmm. And that quickly disappeared right. in Los Angeles, which is like last time I checked the eighth most expensive city in the world. Yeah, geez. <laughs> but I had no plan at that point, And I didn't know like, how much time and effort it was going to take mm. to get my freelancing career off the ground. I thought I was just going to write some like sponsored blog posts and mm-hmm. that was somehow going to pay the rent, but it did not. You can't live off of sponsored, you know, when people pay you in product, right. not gonna feed you. <laughs> so uh, after I ran out of the $3,000, which happened very quickly, I got another job. I was there for a year. Then I quit that job, and I was like, this is it. This summer, I'm going to become a freelancer. But (laughs) once again, I didn't really have a plan and a realistic expectation of how much I was going to work. Mm. And at the time, I was also just partying way too much. Like I was always going out drinking, so I was either drunk or hungover all the time, and I didn't have any structure to my day. Gotcha. So once again, I ran out of money and I was lucky enough to get another job this time in the beauty industry, which is, I became a beauty copywriter. So obviously that was really lucky Mm -hmm. and I really liked that job. But after I'd been working there for two months, they um, had like corporate came and told us they were going to shut down their LA office and we would all be out of a job by next summer which was a blessing in disguise because that gave me at least six months to get my act together, do my research, come up with a plan and figure out how I was really going to make freelancing happen.
0: Do you think that you would have tried freelance again had you not kind of been nudged into it by being laid off?
1: Absolutely, because in my opinion, that was the only way that I could possibly live. Mm. I had big dreams of traveling the world and just not, you know, working all the time. Right. Because you really spend a lot of time in the office when you're working in a traditional job. And I knew that if I was a freelancer, I wouldn't have to work as much Mm -hmm. once I got established. So that was a huge incentive for me. I would have made it work at some point, no matter what.
0: Nice. So now before the third successful push to be a freelance writer, did you have any like major fears about like going after it again?
1: Yes. So one of my biggest fears was that I wouldn't be able to support myself financially because Mm. in addition to living in LA, which is very expensive, I had a lot of credit card debt. Ah, gotcha. And I was worried that I would never be able to make enough money to pay it off. So that was one of the biggest concerns that I had.
0: That makes sense. Was there a specific point where you kind of felt like you had made it as a freelance writer?
1: Yes. So... I guess what I didn't mention before is on that third try, I ran out of money again. Oh, no. (laughs) I was like, I never learned how to budget when I was growing up. I mean, they don't really teach you that in school. No,
0: they don't. Mm -hmm. And
1: um, so I just didn't realistically know how much money I would need. Like, if I could go back in time, I would be like, hello. Yes, you would need you know, $12,000 to fund your life for three months if you spend $4,000 a month. But I just like couldn't figure that out as a, you know, as a 27 year old or however old I was. So I got I was very lucky, though, because I was able to move in with my parents. But that did require me to leave Los Angeles and drive home to Ohio and uh, move in with them at the age of 28. Yeah, that's hard. But it was great because I was able to focus on freelancing. That was that was all I focused on. I didn't have to cook myself dinner, didn't really have any friends that lived around me. So it was just all about freelancing. And when I wasn't working, I was spending time educating myself and learning how to be a better entrepreneur.
0: Were you able to move out of Ohio? Did you go back to LA eventually?
1: Well, so, um, oh, I knew I made it when I... About nine months after I moved in with my parents, I got a twenty thousand dollar job opportunity. Hell yeah! From Olay, and um, the project only took like two weeks to complete. What? That's crazy. Again, it was. I think what happened was like a marketing. Every marketing team has a quarterly budget, and if they don't mm-hmm. spend it, then that money gets taken away from them. Mm-hmm. So they must have had twenty thousand extra dollars in their budget, and they just like gave it to a random freelancer on Upwork, and that <laughs> person was me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yes, I got very lucky. Um, and after taxes and Upwork fees were taken out, it was enough money to pay off my credit cards and buy a one-way ticket to Europe. Oh, so I was, yeah, it was great. And then yeah. I was able to live as a digital nomad for like a little over a year. Nice. Before, um you know, COVID happened.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha. So that was relatively recently.
1: Yes. But to answer your question, I mean, I did get to leave my parents' house, but um, I I chose to move to Cleveland after that, um, and I bought the house across the street from my best friend, so that's why I live here. That's awesome. And I really like Cleveland, so, you know. Yeah. I like Ohio. I'm a fan, and I'm glad I live here and I wouldn't live in Los Angeles again unless my music career takes off, which in that case...
0: Maybe. Yeah.
1: Then I would maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just such such a high cost of living. It's hard to, you know, make that decision to spend so much money on living when you know it's cheaper elsewhere.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because I mean, a house in Los Angeles is going to be like a million dollars. Oh my God. In Cleveland, it's a 10th of that. Right.
0: Exactly. So... <laughs> and your job is not dependent upon location right now. So it's makes sense to go you know, where it's cheaper.
1: Right. I would prefer to live here and have extra money so I can travel. Yeah. People complain about the winters. well. I can afford to not be here in the winter. That's correct. Exactly.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Plus, you don't technically have to go anywhere except for like basics. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, If you are working from home. So nice. And so do you do you feel like that you have any like habits or that you've developed any specific habits that have helped you to be successful as a freelancer?
1: So, some habits that have helped me be successful as a freelancer are being adaptable and not not counting things as failures. Because you only fail when you give up. And if you just don't give up and you learn from your so-called failures, you're going to get better. You're going to grow, and you're going to be more successful. Mm. So, having that mindset, I believe that is called a grit mindset. If you've oh, yeah. Like really mm-hmm. read um, Angela Duck book um I believe that's what her name is so that's really important another thing that's important is looking at the time like tracking everything that you're doing to see what is giving you the most return on your investment Mm -hmm. and when I say investment I mean your time investment so I track every single task that I do Mm -hmm. using toggle oh p-o-g-g-l And that allows me to see what I'm spending a lot of time on and what's actually bringing me money. Because when I started my very first month, I was working long hours and I was so focused on building, like getting more followers on Pinterest and on my personal blog Mm -hmm. and on Instagram. And then when I really like looked at where I was getting the most clients from and actual money, it had nothing to do with my social media. It was all about cold pitching. Oh, okay. So the next month, then I put all my eggs into that basket instead and just spent as much time as I possibly could cold pitching. And that's really how I went from my first month, I made $800. And then six months later, I was making $4,000 a month.
0: That's awesome. And I think that that's a really great suggestion for freelancers. Um, As a a freelance resume writer, I definitely have found myself just going down the rabbit hole of tasks that I might enjoy, but they're definitely, there's no return on investment really for them. Right. Like you, there's only so many times that you can redesign your website that, you know, you have to give it time to like give you results instead of just like wasting time on things like that. Absolutely. Definitely have to check out Toggle. So one of the things that really like drew me to your TikTok page and your YouTube videos was that you provide coaching for others who want to make a living as a freelance writer. So what actually made you start not just freelance writing, but actually coaching others?
1: Well, basically, since I was able to um, move out of my parents' house and start traveling full time, anytime I met someone and I told them what I did for a living, they would say, oh, I really want to do that. How do you do that? Like well, it's kind of, I can't just like explain it to you like in five minutes. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's a whole thing that like build. It's building a business. It takes time, and there's a lot that goes into it. So I always had a lot of questions that I didn't feel like I was adequately answering for people. Mm. And then when COVID began, a few of my friends got laid off, and then they were really like, "Hey, I'm really interested in this freelancing thing. Can you tell me how to get started?" So that's why it inspired me to launch my freelancing business um, in terms of my why. But then the other thing that happened was as soon as COVID happened, I had just bought a house and I didn't know if I was going to still have money coming in because there was so much uncertainty at that time. Yeah. So I applied for a disaster loan from um, SBA. Mm Mm-hmm and I received a disaster loan but then I didn't lose any client work actually so I just had all this money that I had to spend on my business Mm -hmm. so I hired an intern and we started working on building up the coaching business oh nice shout out to Lindsay she's my assistant now she is amazing and she handles my social media specifically my Instagram and like she edits my YouTube videos, she handles my email marketing, so she does a fantastic job. and That's awesome. I could not have done all of this without her, so that, that was the other part of why, why it happened when it did. It was something I wanted to do for a long time, but it happened in 2020 because of COVID.
0: That's awesome. So now you have several like really great free resources on your website, like like a rate calculator and a content calendar. um, And you also have a cold pitching kit on your site. But the thing that like really caught my eye was your paid course called the Freelance Writer's Guide to the Galaxy, which is just a super fun name. Um, But can you um, tell us more about like what that is and who that's for and how it works?
1: Sure. So it is a self-guided online course that's really designed for beginning in like intermediate freelance writers who want to work on launching and growing a sustainable freelancing business as a copywriter or a freelance writer. You can sign up anytime. I don't have, I don't do like launches where you can only sign up in this time because I just feel like if someone wants to get into this, I don't want, I don't want to stop them from getting into it. Like if right. you want to start this weekend, like you can start this weekend. That's cool. So there's nine modules and all the content is presented in video format and PDF format for different learning styles. Mm-hmm. And there's also a lot of downloadable templates and swipe files and everything that you need to get your business started and get it to the point where you are in agency or you are making passive products. So it really takes you to like the freelancer end game.
0: Hmm. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: And as we were talking about before, like a lot of freelancers spend time doing tasks that don't really move the needle on their business. So this course tells you exactly what you need to focus on and how Hmm. to do it. Cause there's a lot of information on the internet And I think people get into that. They just get very overwhelmed. They don't know what to do first.
0: Yes. So this
1: is a step-by-step action plan. Like at the end of every module, there are actionable steps. And it literally says, step one, do this. Step two, do this. Once you get to this point, then do this. Hmm. And I think people find that really helpful because there's just so much out there. And I remember being so confused and overwhelmed and not understanding what I needed to do first. Mm-hmm. Like what was the very first thing to get started as a freelance
0: writer? Before I you know, started my own business as a resume writer, I tried to be just a freelance writer in general. And you're right. There's so much information out there that I would like read an article and then be like, I could do this. And I would cold pitch and then I would get nothing. And I'd be like, oh, well, I guess this isn't for me. And then just give up and not try again. So, I definitely think that you know a workshop like what you have could be really beneficial to folks who are trying to like get into it.
1: Yeah, I agree. And some people just want more information and they want clarity and actionable steps. So that's mm. what I'm trying to provide with the course.
0: Nice. And so now I, I also understand that you are doing a niche like workshop. Can you tell us about that and what that is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I tell people to do if they want to be a freelance writer is they have to choose a niche. It's really important to choose an industry that you're going to target as a copywriter Mm. rather than be a generalist, because that allows you to develop expertise and you can make more money once you, you know, start building a book of business. And that's why I am a beauty copywriter. Like I only work with beauty clients and that makes it so easy for me to market myself to other beauty clients because they see I've worked with Olay. I've worked with Marc Jacobs Daisy. I've worked with Molani, And they know that I'm going to do a good job with their beauty brand. But <laughs> a lot of people have a really difficult time choosing a niche, especially if they are like fresh out of school or they don't have a lot of job experience or they want to get away from their current career. And there's a lot of confusion about what what types of things you can write about, where to find clients, and like who needs freelancers. So that's why I'm doing a, a niche workshop, and it will take place on December fifth. Oh, okay. And it is a Zoom call where like we'll actually see each other, and I will give some information on how to choose a niche and like what you what what qualities you should be looking for, hmm. and how to like look. At what you've done in the past and your interests and your passions and figure out how you can make money from that as a freelance copywriter. Nice. Then I'll give everyone some time to like brainstorm and after they brainstorm, then everyone can share their ideas of the niches that they want to do with me and I'll give them some guidance on what I think is a good idea and where they could find clients for that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. And you said December 5th. Okay, got it. Yes,
1: it's December 5th. I'm always trying to do different things where people can get like some direct feedback on their work rather than just like watching some YouTube videos because it's one thing to do all your internet research, it's another thing to have someone who is experienced look at what you're doing and give you. Personalized feedback Mm. until you know whether or not you're going in the right direction.
0: Yeah, definitely. And now, kind of shifting back to you and your experience, what is one piece of advice that you would give to someone who is interested in pursuing a career as a freelance writer?
1: So, one piece of advice I would give is that you really need to make a commitment to yourself, and that commitment has to be a time commitment. Time is our most precious asset, I know, Mm -hmm. but it's really important that if you want to launch any kind of business, freelancing business or not, you need to set time aside that you're going to work on it. Like put it on your Google calendar. You need to have a schedule and you need to dedicate yourself to it for at least five hours a week. So you can actually get some momentum going. That was the biggest mistake I made when I failed twice at freelancing is that I didn't have a schedule. I was like, I'll just work on it whenever. Right. But I ne- really needed to like show up to work at a certain time and end at a certain time. Hmm. And it doesn't have to be, you know, um, you don't have to start working at eight. Like I don't start working till 11 or noon sometimes. That's awesome. Most days. And then I'll work till six instead because that just works better for my schedule. But um, you do need to commit to working a certain number of hours per week in order to
0: get this thing going. No, that makes total sense. Well, where can we learn more about you and your services as coach?
1: Yeah, so my website is thefreelancewritersguide.com, and that has links to my courses as well as more information about one-on-one coaching that I also offer. I have all my free resources on there that you were talking about, including my rate calculator, a content calendar template, a cold pitching kit, and there's something else, an SEO checklist, yes. Oh, nice. So those are all there. They're free. In addition to that, I am very heavily on TikTok, as you know. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm the Freelance Writer's Guide on TikTok as well as Instagram. And I also have a YouTube channel where mm-hmm. I upload new videos almost every Wednesday. And it's all about freelancing topics.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Colleen.
1: Thank you so much, Jennifer.
0: <music> What a fun interview. I really enjoyed interviewing Colleen and appreciated her transparency about the challenges that she faced in her first tries to be a freelance writer. There were two things that really stood out to me from Colleen's interview. The first was when she said that you only fail if you give up. I know we touch on this a lot on this show, but I think it's so easy to fall into this mindset that if we don't succeed on the first try, that we should just give up. It goes right along with the myth of overnight success in that we don't see other people's initial attempts and their subsequent failures. We only see what people want us to see, which is when they succeed. So it just seems like overnight success or that they succeeded in their first try. But the truth is, it probably wasn't their first try. The try, try again adage definitely applies to getting into any freelance industry. It takes time to build a portfolio of work and hone your skill set, and it can be really disheartening when you first start out and either hear the word no a lot or simply get radio silence when cold pitching for a gig. I've definitely fallen into this trap of wanting to get into freelance writing, then cold pitching a magazine or a blog, and then when I didn't hear back, I didn't bother trying for other potential gigs. I felt like I'd failed in that first attempt, and I just gave up thereby sealing it as an actual failure rather than just an initial try that didn't pan out. If you really want something, the best way to achieve it is to keep going after it. And as we've also talked about on this show, you may have to pivot slightly either in the goal that you want to achieve or in how you're going about achieving that goal. But if you don't give up on your overall goal, then it is not a failure. The second thing that I really wanted to touch on from our interview was Colleen's advice to give your freelancer day structure. The idea that that successful freelancers just lounge around all day or travel all the time is another one of those myths that can really harm your freelance career. Those freelancers that you see traveling and sightseeing most likely already completed their work for the day or they scheduled themselves to do their work later. Freelancing and owning your own business is working even when you don't have a gig. Being structured with your day will help you be more successful because it will ensure that you're not frittering away your day with things you might enjoy doing, but which aren't moving the needle on getting your gigs or sales. So for example, I love TikTok. You guys know I love TikTok. I talk about it all the time. Um, And you know that I enjoy making fun, informative videos on there. But it's very easy to get sucked into watching videos for too long and wasting time on the app that I should be using to finish writing a book or an article. Books and articles are something that I can actually sell, but videos are merely a method of marketing. And while that's important, I shouldn't be putting all of my time into that. I'm kind of terrible at organizing my day, to be honest. It's actually one of the reasons that I took a part-time job. Working part-time for someone else means that I only have so much time in the day to spend on my business and podcast. It makes me structure my day and schedule my free time more effectively. The most efficient thing to do when structuring your day is to make sure that you're prioritizing tasks that have the most return on investment. For me, that's writing. If you're not sure which tasks have the most return on investment, or if you're not great at assessing your day to see what you're actually spending the most time on, you might check out that toggle track software that Colleen mentioned in the interview. I've put a link to it in the show notes so you can find it more easily and you can actually try it out for free. Once you have an idea of what tasks are the most effective for your business, you can create a structure to your day that prioritizes those tasks and gives them the most time, or at the very least, ensures that you get to them during your day. All right, that is all I have for today. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Colleen. And if you're interested in becoming a freelancer, I hope she lit a fire in your heart that helps you go after that goal. Join me next time for a solo show when I'll talk a little more about making your life easier through consolidation. And I'll talk a little bit more about how I'll be shifting this podcast to focus on helping women go after their career goals. Until then, go find out. Thanks for listening to the show today. I hope you found the information beneficial and that it helps you tackle your own Go Find Out goals. You can find more episodes and the show transcripts at gofindoutpodcast.com. You can also let me know what you thought of the show by tweeting me at gfopodcast or follow me on Instagram at gofindoutpodcast. That's it for today. Now go find out.